Journey into the powerfully transformative effects of your own breath with breathwork specialist Gary Ryan. Gary talks about his own journey to finding breathwork and the powerful effect it has had on his own life, something I can attest to having attended one of Gary's sessions since recording this podcast. It was amazingly powerful and amazingly energetic. Gary explains how as a practice, breathwork moves your mind out of the way to allow your body to heal itself, and it also exposes how you do life. From his broad experience, Gary goes into details of how he observes patterns from childhood play out and reveal themselves in adult life, how asking ourselves who's driving the bus reveals some of the hidden programs and emotions that take over much of our lives, and how bringing light into the darkness of what we hide is key to removing limiting beliefs and patterns. This is a very deep and powerful conversation with a man who has been called on a higher level to his work. So enjoy, Gary. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. How often do you stop to notice your breath? Our breath can be more transformative than we could ever imagine. It can be the vehicle into healing some of our greatest wounds and delivering our biggest transformations. This is our breath and breath work that I'll be digging into today with my guest, Gary Ryan. Gary, welcome to the show. Hi, Bryn. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me here at your place here in Gijiganup, I think. Just to put it into context now, we're looking across this amazing valley and across trees. And um, yeah, so for listeners here, plenty of chirping in the background, they'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> it is a beautiful place. So one of the questions I always ask my guests at the start is, is their relationship with Western Australia and how they ended up here. So you're originally from Brisbane. Bris- yeah, Brisbane. And um, although you had many visits to Western Australia, it was 2012 when you first arrived. Yeah, somewhere around there. The actual timing's a bit vague. Well, what is it that you brought you here? Um, I was in Brisbane and I'd spent some time doing odds and sods and different jobs. I'd bailed out of the corporate world years, years before there. And I decided I wanted to get back in and earn some good money again and do all that sort of stuff. So Get back into the corporate world. Well, not quite the corporate world, but in, in a small family business, there was an opportunity, uh, a trucking company, a guy I'd worked with previously. And he was keen for me to start. And um, it was almost all set up to go. And then the family decided that they wanted to do something different. And Where was that? Here? In Brisbane. So right, this is yeah. in Brisbane. And um, so that job fell through and I was like, oh, shit, really? Okay. So then I was working on Hayman Island at the time, earning great money. And there was a opportunity up there that was there and then it wasn't. <laughs> Right, and I, I just couldn't face going back to Brisbane, and having to go and work in a f- fucking warehouse again, yeah. driving a bloody forklift until I could find something decent. I just, I just really couldn't do it. And I had a, uh, a friend over here, a kind of long distance girlfriend. We had this interesting relationship going, and I rang up and went, um, "How would you feel about me coming over to live in Perth?" And she went, "Uh." All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Or something like that. Yeah. So I, I landed in Brisbane. Um, I'd already moved out of my, my unit. Um, the kids were living with their mum or in other places. They'd all older teenagers then or young adults. 
Um, so I didn't actually have a lot of stuff to carry with me. So everything, I could, I could take everything on the plane, literally. Yeah. So that's what I did. And basically I ran away from Brisbane. Right. And, uh, are you going to stay run away from Brisbane? Um, I don't know. Perth feels like home right now. So, and particularly this place up here, it's been a, it's been a long dream of mine to live in a place like this. And, um, I don't feel any urge to go and live in Brisbane. I go back as regularly as I can and hang out with my kids and we go and spend time at the beach. Um, but this, at the moment, this is home. Yeah. What is it that you enjoy most about WA? All of this. All of this. <laughs> the, the bushland, mostly. Um, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy having so much... Uh, access to the bushland and walking through the bushland like there's lots of parks through Perth and there's there's lots of little nature spots um, but in the hills particularly it's it's very easily accessible mm. so you in and around Brisbane you've got a semi-tropical rainforest so every other plant has a bloody great spike on it <laughs> and they hurt um, and it's hard to walk through the bush over there so so this is a uh, ideal environment for me right now yeah I, I, the people have i've felt welcomed i've felt welcomed by the land and i've felt welcomed by my circle of friends that i've grown into and um i'm i'm loving it <laughs> awesome so as you as you sort of mentioned before you spend a bit of time working in warehousing IT troubleshooting, mm. corporate world and stuff like that before going on your own sort of healing journey. And then now your focus is on sort of the healing journey of others. Where does that focus on helping others come from in your story? Um, look, as I've heard this, there is an element that um, I wouldn't like other people to go through what I did. But for me, that's actually specifically around my kids. I really didn't want my kids to go through my, my life yeah. and what I went through as a child. And I'll qualify that with, I don't actually have that many memories of being a child. However, um, it felt pretty painful. It quite, felt quite painful. And that was one of my big motivators. But when I first started to volunteer on some workshops and I started to work with people and be a part of that process of somebody having this huge breakthrough through something really big in their life, I just, I, I felt that rush of love or amazement. It was, it was just, wow, this fills me up. I, I love this work. Where's this been all my mm. life? I, I, it just it fills me it's yeah. if I follow the joy that's one of the things that brings me joy mm. it's just joyful it's so joyful so it's, it's more a case of following a feeling and yeah giving back and yeah yeah absolutely and um, uh, I don't know what else there is to it it's 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 joy and I'm I have a natural I do have a natural way of this this skill. It's it's to me. It's what I'm meant to be doing. Mm. Just a deep sense of knowing. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And I love that. 
So you run sort of group and individual breathwork sessions. Yes. And and currently creating the Breathwork School of Healing. Yeah. Um, can you, at a summary level, give me an idea of, for, for the listener who doesn't quite understand what that is, what what is sort of breathwork actually about? Okay, so this style of breathwork is based on, um, it's been called, originally it was holotropic or rebirth breathwork. Right. So it came around the early 70s. Um, there was actually three people around the world, three men around the world, or three teams around the world who discovered it around about the same time. Um, and uh, it was being used as people were traveling back into, through a specific style of breathing, uh, traveling back into their birth and clearing issues from their birth, literally. So, rebirth. At the point of birth? At or? the point of birth. Yeah. Um, everything, everything is in our body. We remember everything. All our memories are there. Everything mm. is always there. Uh, and so this process of breathing, a specific style of breathing, is um, it allows the mind to move out of the way. And as soon as the mind's out of the way, then our body knows what to do. Our body knows how to heal. All it wants to do is heal itself. All it wants to do mm. is repair itself constantly. Just, it needs the opportunity. So with this, for me, it's in it. So this is energetic. And, um, energetic, you mean? Energy. Yeah. Everything is energy. Yeah. Yeah. Science knows that now. Hmm. Sound vibration. And so in the breathing process, it's a, it's a really... It's best experienced. However, I'll do I'll do <laughs> yeah. what I can. <laughs> um, so uh, fingers and hands um, will tingle and feel like they're going really numb, and your hands will uh, generally your hands cramp up, so they they feel really strange. It's not quite like having a cramp. Um, it is it can be uncomfortable. Uh, it can happen with your feet as well. So you get this numbness. You get this kind of numbness around your head around your face and your lips. Um, this is from breathing. This is from breathing. Yeah. So um, because you're really focusing all the energy in the, into the core of the body. And um, so it's, an, it's breathing in and out through the mouth mm. in this style. Now, I, I feel like there's a subtle difference whether you're breathing into the stomach or you're breathing into the chest, but both methods will work because not everybody is capable of breathing into the stomach for, for even a short period of time. But both methods will work and it will allow you to go in and simply release what, whatever's there. Mm. It, it, it can be done in a guided fashion. So I've guided people through to a specific age where we've had a previous discussion and looked at a certain point in their life where an event happened and we can, <clears throat> can be guided down into that point. However, in the group sessions, um, I'm holding space to allow people to go wherever they need to go now some people have cosmic journeys and they go out amongst the stars or they 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 connect to um people who have previously died mm -hmm. they connect into themselves there's some pain in their body that comes up that shows up um i've had other people get answers to questions that they've been trying to work out it's all simply because that's what they're ready for mm. and that's what they need so it's not just the body. So it can either be almost like a 
healing experience or an expanding experience, if that makes sense. It is. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, a, it's all expanding in a sense because yes. if you're willing, then you can let go of that, that painful energy or that shadowy energy, whatever that is. Um, but yeah, some of it's really expansive. People have gone out and connected to the land and the trees and everything else. And mm. um, it is a completely different experience to it's this is not hatha yoga breath this is not yoga breath of any sort um and initially it's it feels to me as though it's been designed to focus on going in and finding those shadows Mm -hmm. um i recently um was inspired to change the way i'm doing it so now um I'm focusing on, I have some very quiet background music and I play my drum yep. and I talk and I'm, and the, and the dialogue is around breathing into the heart, yep. breathing into the heart, breathing into the heart and helping and, and getting people to connect to their heart. So what's in the road? What is it that you can't connect to? What's stopping you from connecting to your heart? Because I believe that's, that's the journey. Mm. That's the great journey that humans are on right now is connecting to the heart and what and what that means for us. And our connection to everything seems to be through the heart. It has this huge energy field. Mm. And um, in the breath work, it shows up how people do life. Those who have massive control in their life really struggle to get into a breath work session because they want to control everything. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> But that's life. That's how they do their life. And then um, there are other people who drop in within within minutes. You know, they just they just they're so ready for whatever it is that they that they've they've dived in. I've had people connect to ancestors and release old family line issues of their grandmother or their mother or several generations back, hmm. and come out of it and going, "Wow, I feel amazing." Um, I did have one guy say that's the best trip I've ever had without drugs. <laughs> Outstanding, and that's a pretty good way to describe it. <laughs> so, tell me how you discovered breathwork, and and there must have been some big breakthrough or epiphany that made you go, yeah. "Oh wow!" There was, <laughs> yeah. Um, so back in two thousand and seven, after many years of um, going, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. There's better be a better way. I can't live like this any longer. Uh, some workshops showed up. So I'm living in Brisbane and um, ended up on um, ended up on a workshop for relationships. That was well, that was mind blowing to start with to see how I was doing relationships very yeah. badly. Um, and then I ended up in this men's workshop. And then one of the things they did on this workshop was breathwork. And I was doing this breathwork session and there's all this stuff came up and there's this big, like, massive pain in my neck. And these guys came over and they're working with me and we released this thing and there was some stuff about my kids in there. And then, and afterwards, after they helped me release it, um, so they were doing uh, body work with it. Um, what do you mean by they were doing the body work? Well, you you can you can 
you can uh, physically you physically touch the body in where the pain is to help it come out. So, right. So you can um, you can uh, some people you need to shake their body and it actually helps them connect into the energy of it, whatever it is, and it helps it shift. Sometimes you need to push the energy up. So you physically push, touching their body, pushing. Right. And it and it just in that and it doesn't need to be hard, but it feels like it can feel like there's a ton of bricks on you. Yeah. You might be doing like this, you know, yes. like it's barely touching someone, but it, because of the state you're in, the altered conscious state you're in, it mm. feels like a ton of bricks. So they're pushing all this energy, help me push all this energy out. And then, um, you know, this big, like this big burst of this stuff releasing from me. And then it was like, oh, wow. And I, I just remember sitting, um, the next thing I remember around it is just sitting back and going, how amazing I feel and how light I feel mm. and how much better my neck feels. Like I was driving a forklift at the time in this warehouse. And when I got back to the warehouse, I was, I was looking up and going, I can actually do that again. Yeah. Cause it was starting to hurt. I couldn't, <clears throat> it was starting to hurt me to look up. And then, um, but I was sitting there and I was just, I just had all these images of all these purple shapes coming through it was stars and oh man it was all sorts of it was all sorts of things and um it was just it was bliss it just it was bliss Mm. and then i did another workshop and then i started to volunteer on them and i realized like then i realized how how amazing it was but then when i actually started to work with other people from my first session i just went this is this is beautiful. This is so powerful. This this way of of helping people release whatever's not working for them in their life, whether they know it or not, is really powerful. And I realized in that moment, it's because the mind is out of the way. Mm. That thing that doesn't want to stop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, the committee of a thousand and not one of them agrees. Yes. I love that. <laughs> so get all that crap out of the road. And you can actually get to the cause of the core of the issue, whatever it is. And it's only what we're ready. And I, I've just loved, I have loved it since then. Hmm. And it's really been since I came to Perth about uh, November 12 months ago that I started to actually do the group work session and, hmm. and, and start to open up to doing it for, my, for other people. Hmm. What was it? When did you make the decision of, right, I'm going to guide out my own sessions? And what was that like? Oh, man, that was a process of years. That was that was a whole lot of, I'm not worthy and I can't do yeah. this. And I'm not good enough. And what if people don't turn up? And blah, 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 blah. All that crap. Because I suppose it's easy to just sort of help <laughs> other people with their sessions. Yeah. But then you've got to face your own stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, so that... Um, was and and doing it in a group like these workshops there's 30 men on crew right you're working with 50 other men so there's a lot of other support there so it's really easy to do in a big group yeah (laughs) but then go out oh my god go out and do it on your own so it was a um, elongated process of um working through my own shit and to go you know i actually think i can do it Mm. and then just some of the the stories you were telling yourself all of that. Oh, oh, what if nobody turns up? What if I mess this up? Do I even know what I'm doing? Do I even... 
can I do this? Can I actually do this on my own? And then there was always that thing of um, I, the big one was what if I what if I make a mistake? Because you, I'm working with people who are so open. Mm. Three words can completely fuck somebody up. It doesn't take much when someone's that open. And I wasn't prepared to do that, but I turned it into a dysfunctional belief yes, and thought process. And um, I had to realize that because I'm so aware of the vulnerability of a person in that state, that I wouldn't actually let myself do it anyway because I'm so aware of it. Yes. But to come to that point of understanding within myself took, took a while. And so I did it, had a few had a couple of good sessions and people started to turn up and and just went, oh, I think I can actually do this. Mm. And that now my confidence has grown and I, I uh, you know, even if nobody turns up, I, I, I'll just sit there and go, okay, so what have I missed? What do I need to change? What is it about me that hasn't, have I not prepared properly? Mm. Is there something in my energy field? Is there something about this place? What is it? What do I need to do to change? Mm. So it's still... It's still a reflection of where am I and how am I going and what can I do? It must be an interesting thing to uh, try and market because obviously to bring on one level, it's a business transaction. You've got to put it out there to yeah. bring people in. Yeah. So you've got to sort of capture them all on one level. Yeah, I'm looking for a marketing whiz. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, manifest that. Manifesting that. Um yeah, two schools of belief. One, look, really, those that are meant to be there will be there. Mm-hmm. If I'm in, I know, and I know from when I'm in a really, um, I suppose, steady, calm space around it, people turn up because they're meant to be there mm. and they're there for a reason. And um, some will come back and some will won't. Mm. Some, some won't. That's and that's just what it is for them. So I just do my best to write about it. Um, well, a curious thing. When I first started, when I did my first few posts, I was using a kind of material from other people, right? So, yeah. um, And I was also doing the sessions in ways that I'd learnt. And um, I, I wrote the first one. It just didn't feel right at all. And I went back to it after a while and after a week or something and just went, oh, that's so crap. That's so not me. Yeah. And I just wrote from my heart. I just wrote what I was really feeling. This is what it, this is just what I want to say and whoever resonates with it, great. Yeah. That's it. I can't do anything else. I can have, you know, there's lots of, this is the cynic in me, I suppose, but there's lots of pretty advertising out there. But I'm not quite sure that their work is as good as their advertising. Hmm. Hmm. What's um? Is there a similarity or commonality amongst the people that come? No. All walks of life. Um. All walks of life, and um. It's just people who are ready. Ready for change or they feel like they want to try something different maybe they've been doing other work 
and maybe it's work maybe it's not quite what working for them they just want to try something different um there's been people have come and breath work's not really for them yeah hmm. um and just let them try it out and i sit with uh i like getting feedback from people to, to see what i can change and do differently mm. and i've had some great feedback that um really helped me actually shift how i, I was doing these sessions it's been it's been it's good to get that mm. um and i suppose that that's one of the things i notice is that that often ends up being a key part in the evolution of anyone's personal practice is by actually going out and teaching coaching and putting it out there and getting the feedback yeah. and reflect on it to move your own practice forward. Yeah. Um, this is not something I recommend people do on their own. Right. <laughs> At all. Yeah. Um, I I prefer to have someone sit with me and hold space. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do the work. I'll yes. do the breathing and, I'll, and I've done a couple of those sessions recently and I've had someone there to hold the space and it does make a difference. Um, and hold um, the space means well to to anchor in the energy um, to should there be something that comes up that I really struggle with mm. then they can um, they can help me work through that it needs to be someone that knows what they're doing in a, yeah. on a healing sense um, but but I'll um, I will do the work in in the sense of whatever's coming through I'm I am actively in that process, it's kind of as the participant and as as the healer. Yeah, <laughs> both both doing thing, both doing both doing doing both jobs. Um, but it's not because you don't know what's going to come up, and and I mean, uh, there's um, some very dark energies that come out. People have. Um, some people have um, some really heavy, dark energies around them. We call them entities, mm -hmm. and um, they they can be quite difficult to move. Or if people go into something that's a very deep emotional issue for them, then without any idea of how this works, psychology and the process of how to get out of that and through that, mm. then they can get stuck in it and they can get caught in a loop and right. be going around and around and around and well, around. So more entrenched in Yeah. Yeah. They're getting deeper in it rather than, rather than coming out. And I've had a few, um, that's the only time I will intervene with, um, or d jump in with somebody when they're doing a session. Yeah. Um, when they're doing a group session, um, is when they're caught in that loop and they can't get out of it. They're just going around and around because they're in the play. They're not. They're yeah. Not, they're not watching the show. Yeah. So, so they don't know how to get out of it. Um, so that's why it's not a good idea to do on your own because you can get caught in that in that space. Hmm. Um, look, it, realistically, it's unlikely that I will, but I'd rather have somebody there just in case. Use the word. Um healing mm. around this what is it that we're healing pain. more and more people are being drawn to things like this yeah pain pain of life 
life that doesn't work for us. Pain of pain of something from our childhood. Hmm. Pain of that look from a parent. And they didn't even say a word, but we know. That has an energetic field and that goes into us. And then when we're an adult, somebody will look like that. Somebody will give us that look. So what happens is if we haven't worked through that, our psychology goes back to childhood and goes, I know that look. I know how to protect myself. Mm. I know what to do here. And brings that protection mechanism into the present moment and then plays it out. And that can be running away, backing right down, that where people, you know, just they fold under the pressure. Mm. So it's not necessarily running away, it's just like shrink. Yeah, they shrink. Yeah, good word. They shrink or they explode out mm. or, you know, they go into tantrum mode or they go into victim mode. You know, some other thing takes over them in that moment. And that is just, a, that is an unresolved issue in childhood. And it's a protection a mechanism. Protection and pattern from childhood. Yeah. So useful when you're a kid, uh, not useful when you're an adult. <laughs> no. We're, so We were talking earlier on about <clears throat> who's driving the bus. Yeah. Um, is it is it you, the adult, or is it the six-year-old yeah. self? Yeah. Is it the angry child? Is it the... <clears throat> the woe is me and my life's so hard and everybody should help me out because, you know, I'm a victim. <laughs> um, or is it the perpetrator that goes out and attacks and attacks and attacks, you know, mm. which is a form of protection. It's I'm going to get you before you get me, in a sense. So when those aspects are driving the bus, until you start, when you, and when you actually see and become aware of what's going on, it's just another way of saying what emotional state are you in in this moment? And that do you emotion. want to stay in that? <laughs> yeah. And that emotional state being rooted back to childhood. patterns that you've picked up in childhood. Generally, Generally yeah. So it, <clears throat> if I was going to distill this, yeah. a lot of it is going back and in, in, in easing out and, and re, <clears throat> reframing a lot of the stuff that we pick up in our childhood. Yeah. Because there's a, usually a belief comes with it. Hmm. So, um, for me, uh, you know, where did my belief come that I'm not capable of doing group breathwork sessions when clearly the evidence was there because I was working with people, yeah. regardless of whether there's another 30 guys in the room or not, I was doing the work. Doing the work. But where did this belief pattern come from? <clears throat> and, you know, where did my belief patterns of, so I used to play the victim game, you know, that's how I did life. I would be taking everything from everyone else where did that to fill me up i was learnt from taught from my mother and she didn't know she was doing it um and i had to go through that process of blaming my mother and then i had to work out that oh i was actually responsible and took this on whether it was conscious or not yeah i accepted it <laughs> i love the i love the analogy that you know blaming your parents as a shelf life which yeah. goes off around about your latter 20s <laughs> that's right oh i'm responsible uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And nobody can change anything until they're willing to go, that's my stuff. Do I want to keep it or do I want to let it go? I am responsible for my life, full stop. That's confronting. 
Yes, it is. And most people don't like confronting. And they, unfortunately. However, that is changing. More people are going into the bits that are confronting and realizing that how they've been doing their life really doesn't work mm. for them or anybody else around them. I've had this <clears throat> um, idea and reflection, probably from my own experience, that if you, you, you can sort of sweep things away for a while, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah. I am like this, I'm not like that, I am like that, I'm not like this, or I don't want to be like that, so I'll sweep it away, and the dark parts of your life. And then mm. and then after a while, there'll be a voice that sort of starts calling to you, and you can try and ignore that. But I'm coming more and more to the, 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 the thinking that you, you, can, you can proactively get in amongst it all, but there is no avoiding it. Because ultimately, it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away, and it'll just get bigger. And after a period of time, the darker stuff will want to come out to the light, and it will take over the executive functioning of yes, it will. How you go go about life, and more and more, because more and more, there's more light coming onto this planet. This planet's evolving. Yeah, and we are a big part of it. We're basically the equivalent of bacteria, and. The planet wants to evolve, evolve. so how's it going to do that? Mostly through the humans. So all of this stuff is coming up, and all of that is in every cell of your body in memory. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to go away. So you can either do it when it's a feather, or you can <laughs> wait for a train smash. I like that. But It's a free will universe. I you know. get to choose. <laughs> and do you think, do you find... Often we need a couple of train smashes before we realise that we need to deal with the feathers. Uh, I did. In yes. what way? Um, I had a lot of resistance to the change because I didn't know what was on the other side of the change. So there was fear. Yeah. And fear <clears throat> just creates a story. And um, I was believing the story. So it was resisting and resisting, but it kept coming back and it kept coming back and it kept getting presented in different ways until I finally went, I really need to deal with this. Mm. And I would go and deal with it. And I've I <laughs> told this one a few times to different people, but I had this lovely, amazing um, personal coach in Brisbane. And I went to a couple of sessions with her and I walked through the door and she go, how are you going? I go, right now. I'm terrified and I'd be shaking because that part of me that was showing up did not want to leave me because it was quite happy controlling my life. Yes. But there was a bigger part of me going, fucking walking into this no matter what. Yes. And the fear in me was massive. I was terrified and I'd say, I'd, but I'd state it. I'd say, right now I'm terrified. I said, do you want to do this? I said, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I want. Where, where this is, and this is the confrontation. Do you have the courage when you are so terrified that you think you're going to die or worse that you'll still go through with it and walk through the fire? Yeah. And if you can do that, I guarantee you that on the other side of that fear is the most amazing feeling. Guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. Every time. So, just keep going. Because I often, I often picture 
these like um, beliefs or schemas or various things that live and reside in me and, mm. and like or competing to put their hands on the wheel of yeah. the bus. <clears throat> and when and when you go to an experience like that and you feel this fear of you know almost like death or destruction, it <clears throat> it's not. I think I've worked it out now that it's not necessarily me that's going to die or distract. It's that belief pattern. Exactly. <laughs> and and you're like you said, you're trapped in the in the play. And I, and I've even started to notice in in the most slightest simple things, such as, <clears throat> I, as I told you, I, I do a lot of ocean swimming, and this time of year it's easy to just walk into the water because it's nice and warm or it's it's cooling and refreshing. Yet I do it in winter, mm. and you walk up, you walk. You walk up to the water and you look at the water and you, you're going in, right? Yeah. Those moments going into it, like the brain's going off, like, it's going to be cold. There's a reason. Why should we do it? Why should we do it? Come up with everything, reason why we shouldn't do it. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're in. And then seconds later, it's like, this is great. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. I think I'm still working on that one. <laughs> yeah. For the cold water thing anyway. Yeah. Um, so what were some of the, but, what yeah. have been some of the major things that, you know, beliefs that you've managed to... Um, I think just, I think around, I think it's around my own ability to, um, to work with people and in so many areas, so many different areas of life, it's really like, like I'm living on this property and I, I go out and I do some fencing and I cut down some trees and I don't cut down trees. I don't cut down trees. (laughs) I only (laughs) clean up the ones that have already fallen over. Yes. Um, But I do lots of different jobs and I know I can do them. Yes. But there's nothing really changed, but I had all this doubt before around doing things and I know I can work with people and I know my um, levels of what I'm good at with people. And I know that expands in time, but... I've st- I, however, I've, st- I've always had an understanding of being able to see in a short conversation with people to actually find the root cause of what's going on for them. Where, this, where did this come from in your childhood? Mm. Or is this a past life thing? Yeah. Which is, anyway, it's not really past life. Everything's happening. Let's not go there. Um, but where did this start? And I've been able to f- do that. And I've had people tell me that for a long time. Long before you started the but, work. Well, not so much, but um, but when I but definitely when I started doing the work on myself, it just took me a long time to believe it. But clearly, the evidence is right there. Like I would, I would go straight to, like in a few questions, straight to where the issue is. Now, I wasn't very tactful at doing it at the time and mm. not everyone wants to not everyone wants to hear that straight away <laughs> straight away they want to be busted up <laughs> they want to um maybe ignore that or um uh yeah be butted up for a while yeah. and allow them to find it themselves but i know i can do that and i know i do that differently now but to find the confidence in myself that i could actually do that to find that part of me that kept saying no you can't do that no you can't do that no you can't do that no, you can't do that. My thought processes and what goes on in my mind now are very different to even 12 months ago. And certainly on polar opposites from 12 years ago when I first started this journey, 
and uh, when I feel something negative coming up or I feel these negative thoughts coming up, I just go, well, that's really interesting. It's like you were talking about, um, so you're swimming, but the mind goes and wants to give you this whole negative story and you go, I'm going to do this swimming anyway. Yeah. Well, I was do- I've been doing some dancing and um, with um, Dancing Divas. So it's a, you're dancing on your own, it's in a group of people, but it's very well uh, structured. And in that, it's the same thing. I'll be dancing and my mind will be going mental. And yeah. we'll have all these stories you about how like I can't head. feel a rhythm and you look like an idiot and everybody's watching you. Yeah, all this crap. And I would do the same thing. I'd just go, well, mine's going to be busy tonight. Okay, so A, I've accepted that it is and that's okay. I'm happy for you to be that mind because I know that I am not my mind. That is not me. That is not who I am. It has nothing to do with who I am. And then I go, well, this body is just going to dance to the music. We're just going to feel the rhythm and go with it. And wherever we go, we go. So you carry on being busy. And I don't know, why don't you go and count the stars or do something useful? Yeah. (laughs) So, and before I know it, I'm gone and my mind's quietened and there's silence and then as soon as I remember, I notice that my mind is silent and wants to have another conversation. And I go, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. I'm going back to the dance. <laughs> and I go back to the dance and it, and it just disappears. And it's because I'm not fighting it. As soon as you start fighting these things, whether it's your mind or your reaction to somebody or the anger in your body or the feelings of running away or whatever it is, as soon as you start, as soon as we start to fight that, feeling it grows stronger because it's got something to bounce off against it's got this resistance point now whereas what i've learned over time and through my own experience is that as soon as we accept this that's going on in our body and i really and it's taken me years to to become to get to get mastery over this and to start to get mastery Mm. over this and i learned this through listening to some eckhart toll stuff and accepting it in my body and just feeling it and going, wow, where did that come from? I feel really pissed off right now. Yeah. What was going on in that conversation that got me so angry? What was that? Where is that coming from? And I would just allow it to be there, to really acknowledge it, let it to flow through, let it flow through me, and asking the question, wow, where did that come from? What was going on with that? And it wouldn't take long for it to go. It would simply dissipate. Whereas before, I might be in this angry state for hours. Yeah. Rawr, 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 and then getting angry about being angry. getting angry about being angry and then beating myself up about being angry and then all of this stuff and going through that process. However, simply accepting that it's going on. Like as soon hmm. as I go, oh, wow, my mind's going to be doing a sound, lying in a sound healing, say, and... Um, I'll go, oh, wow, my mind's going to be really busy tonight. It's just going to be one of those nights. I just totally accept, I totally accept that it's happening. Before I know it, I'm, the session's finished. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone because I'm not fighting, I'm not fighting it anymore. Hmm. This is how it is. How can I to just simply accept what is in this moment? This is in this moment. I feel joyful. I feel sad. I feel angry. I feel so overwhelmed. Hmm. And in that moment of, of absolute acceptance, 
it starts to starts to go. And the other powerful thing to do around it is to express it, to speak it out. Mm. And I I used to have a lot of thoughts about suicide for a long time. And I was <laughs> conscious enough to know that when you when a person suicides, it can give their permission. It can give permission for their kids to do the same thing. Yeah. Take this this option out. Yeah. And I was sitting in a circle one day and it's these thoughts had come back really strong and I thought I'd had it sorted and it came back again. And I just knew that I could say it in this group of people. And when I expressed it and really felt it and really honestly said every word that would come through my mind and really felt that in my body, it just let something go. It, it, it just went. Like it had no power over me anymore. Mm. It just it completely shifted it and it's gone. Like it, I've, it's, I've exposed the demon, you know. I've exposed yes. this hidden thing that I've been trying to hide, which is in a way resistance. Yeah. Um, by completely exposing it to um, this group of people, it just shifted everything. It was such an amazing moment at... Um, about the power of truly feeling that horrible feeling and speaking it out loud. This is what's really going on for me right now. Yeah. Man, that was... I'm experiencing some of the dark parts of me. Oh, yeah. Got to own the dark bits. Mm. Because they're a part of us. and And in a way, they've been looking after us. In some way, they've protected us. No, it doesn't mean we need How'd to you keep mean by them. that. Well, think of a little kid that um, is going to get bullied. You know, he'll either run away, and he'll be in great fear, and um, when he does that as an adult. It's allegedly not a very manly thing to do. Mm. But as a kid, that stopped him getting beaten up. Um, Other kids go into, or other people go into, um, fight first. If I fight you before you fight me, then it's probable that I'm going to win the fight because you're not expecting it. Mm. So therefore, I get to win. Um, And then it's done and I've avoided it. And then then I've avoided it. And then, or... Um, you know, people rejecting, we reject someone else first. So Mm. we start to get into a relationship and as soon as it gets to a certain level um, of feeling, we go, the story can be, well, I'm not good enough for this and you're just going to dump me anyway because that's what's always happened in my life. Yeah. Based on what they've learned, what their experiences, which will, and then, so they just, they reject that person before they, it goes in there. Mm. And then they'll have, there's a, there's a pattern in there. And that'll stop people from doing other things in life. The amount of times they, oh, I'd never do that because I'll be rubbish at it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. At the start, you will be. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) And that's that's cool too. That's called learning how to ride a bike as a child. How many times do you fall off? (laughs) Keep going. And and it's the same. It's the, it's the courage to go into it. Just because it's not a bike 
it turns into a, a it's another thing then we buy into that we we can't do it but that it's all the same we can we don't have to be brilliant at everything just have a go see what happens mm. and then learn to laugh at yourself when it goes pear shaped <laughs> indeed um so that, um maybe not great examples but So adult behavior where we've thought, oh, that's a really odd kind of reaction to that thing to, to me that doesn't seem like it's anything. Mm. If we were to trace that back, there will be a point in their life early on. Uh, it's usually early childhood, but it can be in the teenage years as well. Um, that something's happened and that's how they react, responded to it. And then it's happened again and we've responded in the same way. And then it's usually happened a third time. So by the third time it's entrenched is a belief pattern. And if I, if I do this thing, then I will get what I want. So for me, for me as a child, it was, um, it was, um, all right, if I behave in a certain way, then I will get the attention of my mother that I seek. Yeah. And that became a learnt pattern. It also developed into... And the, and the source of that pattern then just sort of drops away because you just do it, do it, do it. Because you do it, do it, do it. So it learns, it's a way of living my life. So this is where the victim thing came in. And then, um, so... There was a lot of stuff around starting school and the pattern was my mother. So what I realized was, okay, so my mum didn't want to hurt me. All right. But I had to go to school because she was doing the best she could for me. So she sends me to school. I don't like school. I'm crying. And so it's pretty vague, but it's, this is the general idea of what I got from it. There was, there was that comforting that happened afterwards. And then, so it happened the next day. And then it happened the next day. So I soon learned that if I want to get comforted, mm. and it's all happening on a very unconscious level. If I wanted to get comforted, then I have a certain behavioral pattern that will get me what I want. Yeah, to execute when you come home from school. So that, so that's protecting me from pain. I now have a highly dysfunctional behavior that protects me from pain because I then get what I want. I get to feel nurtured and comforted. And so I took that out into everyday life. So, and it was particularly around women, which is all based on my mother's behavior. Mm. I really, all I really wanted was comforting from my mum. Yeah. Not from you. Yeah. Beautiful woman, <laughs> but from my mum. So I'm going to, I'm going to do this so I can feel like it's that part of me can feel like I'm getting comforted by my mother. And I had, I realized um, through a train smash. Um, train smash. Train smash. Uh, a few years ago, after the, at the end of a relationship, that that's what I was doing, and that was a really difficult thing to face. This was me facing my my one of my darkest shadows of behaviour. Mm. Oh my god, I am doing Your this in every system. aspect of my life. I'm getting people to fill me up by taking stuff from them, energetically. Uh, and the way I would talk to people and, and I could start, I because st I started before it happened, I started to feel 
something was not right in that statement I just made. I'm getting something out of that. It's not That's fine. Not, and I'm not getting it in a really... I, I'm not being no, open I'm not, and honest. Yeah, I'm not being freely given it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm manipulating this person some way that I don't quite understand. And, that, and that's a part of it. Um, alcoholics are classic victims. And there are plenty of rescuers for alcoholics. Mm. Alcoholic, and we'll generalise, but alcoholic father, rescuing mum. Mm. Why don't you leave this guy? He treats yeah. you like shit. But underneath it, she's getting to do what she wants to do which is rescue, because yeah. she feels better then, because then she's helping someone else. It's part, it's part of, um, was it Kepler's um, drama triangle? Yeah. With the rescuer, the victim, and the persecutor. Absolutely. It's and you that. Can, and you can, we play different roles, yeah. if we want to play in the drama. Yeah. And you can be moved around the we drama, do. if you're not careful. We do, we move around into, so we might have a partner that's doing the rescuing, th- rescuing but then all of a sudden something else shifts, and I become the perp- I become the perpetrator. Yeah, she becomes or the or the rescuer, and she becomes the victim. Yeah, and it's and it happens. <laughs> we have this lovely little game going on. It is. I don't remember when I was first introduced to it. It was it was like the clouds separated. It was like, oh, oh my god. Oh yeah, there's my because, part. Yeah, because it's it, you know you're left at the end of these interactions going, what what the, what the fuck's just happened there. Yeah, it's not a really good feeling when you become aware of it. No. Even when you're not aware of it, it's a really, well, something wrong with this. What's going on here in this relationship? And and relationship is friendships. It's anything, any interaction. Mm. It's, it's the boss. It's the co-workers, the manipulation that happens at work, the um, unsaid um, inferences of if you don't do this, you're going to lose your job. Mm. If you don't do this, I'm not going to love you. Yeah. So what's the difference of a parent doing that to your boss doing that theoretically nothing at all same game both insidious same game to get you to do something so they feel better (laughs) I'll feel better when you do this dark and shadowy yes but then helping people see those behaviours and how they played into that is the healing game Mm. it's part of the healing game of helping people see how they are doing life so i've had uh, people come along we have this conversation blah 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 blah. do you want to let this thing go no okay so why are you here (laughs) yeah um then we go into a different conversation around now most people go yes i do because they're ready Mm. but some don't so then we then the conversation turns into uh usually turns into Okay, so this is your life. This is the impact of how you do this. This is the impact on you. And this is the impact on everybody around you. So I give them a reality check on what's going on in life. How's that working for you? And that's the statement. (laughs) How's that working for you? Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Because I help them clearly see, because I'm taking away all the bullshit and fairy dust that they use to to disguise what they're doing. Convenient truths and stuff. The convenient truths and all that shit. I take all that away so that it's a raw statement. Now, it can be done really gently or it can be done in a, in a really heavy way if that's what they need. If they're okay, if, they're, if they can handle it, you've got to be able to read your client to go, can they take it? At what level can they deal with this stuff? Because you give them too much and it just blows them out of the water and they, they, they run away from it. So that's no good. There's no help there. So then 
helping them, but giving them a reality check. This is how you do your life, and this is what it looks like from the outside. Um, and now here's, here's, here's the question again. Do you want to let this go, or do you want to keep it? Because now, if you choose to keep this, you're doing it consciously. Yep. There'll be no more whinging about your life. Yep. You have no ability to whinge about what you're doing in your mm. life because you've now, you're about to choose consciously that you're going to keep it. And it's a free will universe. Choose what you want. Mm-hmm. Yes or no. So then that's like, oh, deep breath. <laughs> okay. And 99, occasionally somebody will go, no. All right. Okay. Have Thank a great day. Uh, most of the time people go, oh, yeah, I don't like that. And so we do the work that's necessary, whatever that is. And the responsibility is then that. Because we're responsible for ourselves. Everything we do, I'm responsible for everything I do. It is It is just how it is, like it or not. And you can't mm. blame your parents anymore. Because exactly. <laughs> they were doing the best they could with what they knew, mm. as I did mm. with my kids. Yeah. But then, and then, so we become conscious and... I know I've changed my parenting over time and I've seen the results of it now where uh, I just love that my my kids are happy to come and spend a week with me when we head back to Brisbane. We go and stay in a house for a week down the coast and they're happy to be with each other. Man, I got something right. Yeah. I couldn't exactly tell you what it is, <laughs> but I got something right. And and for that to happen, it's just it's so beautiful. It's worth it. Everything I went through is worth it just for that, let alone what I've gotten out of it. Yeah. So these these parents, particularly these men who aren't connecting with their kids or don't know how to or can't see for whatever reason, that's so sad is not the right word, but they're, they're missing out on so much because they won't put in the effort to get a bit uncomfortable and do their life a little bit differently around their kids. It's okay to go, I have no idea what I'm doing mm. as a parent. And you're, you're all different. And not one of you has a book for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's going on there, God? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just own it. And go, I remember mm. learning that and going to my kids. I don't know the answer to everything. I barely know the answers and I'm barely hanging on myself. Yeah. But I'm but I think we can get through this together. What do you need? Help me out. Some of the best things to do. And and I remember just staying calm around doing my best to stay calm around my kids when they're teenagers. What are people, what are people complaining at kids when they're teenagers for? They're just being kids. Hmm. They're being teenagers. They're going through whatever they're going through. They exactly. <laughs> And I remember when I was a kid, and I know what I didn't like, and I was damn determined to make sure my kids knew that they were loved. And I'd tell them that at every opportunity, and to do my best to be a different parent, because I'm pretty sure that's part of our job as a child, to be a better parent when we, if we do have kids than our parents. And my kids are going to do it differently and better than I did. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Hmm. That's amazing. And it... and. And we get onto these things. It's, it's like when my daughter, I love how it all works because as my daughter was starting puberty, I was in this workshop 
and they were talking about the interaction between young girls and their dad. And when they start to reach puberty, they start to experiment with their dad because all of a sudden the way they hug changes and the way they talk changes. And, and because they're going through this different cha this experience, which they don't really understand, we don't know how to talk about really as parents because we've never been bloody well taught that. Yeah. And, um, but I had this realization of going, ah, oh, that's what's going on for my girl. So it gave me the ability to go home set some nice boundaries, but also allow her to have that gentle change and exper experimentation that she needed so that, it was, so that it was healthy for her and healthy for me. It's perfectly all right. And a lot, I think a lot of men, because of how society says we should behave, blah, 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 hmm. all of a sudden they get uncomfortable because their daughter's growing up. Yep, she's growing up. And everything's changing for her, and um, that's okay. Just be comfortable with their shift and their change, and mm. know that it's perfectly natural. And and all we have to do as dads, really, is just be okay with it. Give her a hug, tell her that she's loved, and be a bloody good role model because she's basing her next boyfriend off you. Yeah. So that's what happens. <laughs> and the more we can be healthy men and make good choices, then the more our daughters and our sons are going to look at their partners and their girlfriends and women and men in general and go, healthy, not healthy. Good mm. for me, not good for me. Yeah. And they're going to choose. Life serving life. Yeah. Depends. And then the more women and, and men, young men, choose people that are healthy for them life-giving the more these people who aren't are going to have to change their way hmm. it's just going to happen because all of a sudden they'll be going uh something's not working here yeah everybody's gone over there yeah how why am i on my own all of a sudden and i i do believe that's happening and um it's slow process but it's gaining momentum and that's part of the change on this planet. Hmm. So I have no idea where we started this question, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, because part of me wonders, um, I used to think that um, oh, I got sort of quite militant and almost evangelical about the idea that everybody should do some inner work. At least, <laughs> yeah, at me least, too. <laughs> at least like, 10 to 20 minutes every day. Blah, 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 blah. But now I'm starting to realise that, oh. you know, it, it's your time when you pop. <laughs> yeah, it is. And before that, you're not going to see it anyway. No. Um, the best way to encourage people to change and go and do something is to be you. And to, for me to be the best person that I can be, which is my mantra I've used since I started, I just want to be a better man. Mm. That's all I want to be. I want to be a better man than I was yesterday. How, how can I do that? How do I be that? How, which is connected to myself, connected to my heart, connected to the people around me, not this abrasive person I used to be. How do I, how do I, find my own inner strength how do i go around this world in a way that people want to connect to me how do i do that to me mm. that's part of me being a better man how do i grow and expand so that i can actually be 
a support to myself and others. How do I be a better man? And I, it is me. When I'm simply being me, that is the best way for me to be in this world. And that's where people start to go, I don't know what that guy's got, but I want some. Hmm. And I did that. I did that with someone else. I went, man, I don't know what you've got. So I ended up at a men's workshop. I don't know what you two have got going on, but I, how do I get some? Yeah. <laughs> Sign up here. I went, yeah. Great. All right. We'll do it. Off I did. <laughs> Off I went and did it. So if we can shine our light the best way possible in every moment, understanding that some days our best is great and other days our best is not great. <laughs> there's <laughs> best effort. <laughs> there's best effort in every moment. And the reality is to me, you can only be doing your best. You can't actually do any worse. If you could do your best, you would. If you could do more, you would. On that day, in that in, in that given moment, when you're feeling like crap and you really don't want to go out there and go, I'm really grateful for everything I have with no heart, don't do it. Because <laughs> you're not up for it today. Mm. But so we are actually doing our best in any moment. There's no other way. Isn't that enough? I think it's enough. It's brilliant. What do the next three to five years look like for Gary? <laughs> wow. Um, well, I have a plan. I'm not sure about the greater picture that's opening up for me, but I have a plan. <laughs> and I've noticed that when I do the plan, it usually turns to shit. <laughs> right. So, what's Gary's part? Of Gary? uh, so Gary's part in it is to... Um, Be working about three days a week in that TikTok job that I love, that pays well, that has flexibility, so that I can work on this place here and opening up into a place where people can come. They might just need to sit and chill out, or they might come for some healing, holding some circles, growing the breathwork school. Um, which isn't about people that want to um, do breath work as a facilitator. They just might want to come and let go of some stuff and grow through their own life in a different way um, and travel somewhere, wherever I'm, wherever I'm needed. Mm. Wherever the best place for me to be is, that's where I'll go. Um, you know, I thought I was going to India. I thought I was going to Bali last year. I ended up in India. <laughs> I kept going, yeah, but Bali's like really good, but the indications kept coming back to India and I just went, okay, I surrender, it's India and booking tickets and everything else just, it just flowed and I went, well, this is where it is. So for me, it's following the flow and following the synchronicities. I've got a couple of other things in the pipeline that are opportunities that have turned up. Um, through various synchronicities and my awareness around here's an opportunity do I do that you know what it feels right let's just follow it until it stops so there's a couple of things like that going on um, which will take 12 months to two years to come to fruition so I'll, I'll be keep putting a bit of energy towards those keep doing the things that we need to do um, Man, just learning how to enjoy my life more. 
mm. be more at peace with myself, be more connected to myself, which is to, to really feel my body, to really feel my heart, to really feel that joy that I have moments of. I want to live in that all the time, whatever that is. What are some of the things you do on a regular basis to keep you nice and grounded and present? Uh, gratitude, mostly. Mostly how, how gratitude. How do you do gratitude? <laughs> I make a coffee and I come and sit out here and I just look at where I'm living and I say thank you. Thank you for this beautiful place. Thank you for living here. Thank you for all these trees. Thank you for these trees. Thank you for this this life I have. Thank you for this house I live in. These people who own this land that just let me basically do what I want. That are happy for me to have other people here. You know, I, I, it's gratitude is the main thing I'm that for me right now, and going out and doing some physical work, working with these pieces of, of wood that I have around. It's a nice space time. Hmm. It's a just... Hours can go in moments, hmm. but it feels like it lasted so long. <laughs> yes. And... I consciously feel the ground under my feet when I walk. Mm. And when I'm walking through here, like we did today, I, um, you know, I touch the trees and I have gratitude for them and their shade and everything about them. And I know I get a lot back from that. Mm. Hmm. Well, the last question I always ask my guests if, is um, if you could take a little nugget mm. and upload it into the collective consciousness, what would that be? So everybody gets it. Um, that be well it's okay to love yourself in healthy ways There's no arrogance or ego in that. Love yourself by finding what makes you feel good inside. Mm. Just do that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you first in all the good ways. 
I like that. I like that a lot. If um, anybody wants to come and find you and come and do some breath work with you, where can, how can they find you? Um, they can find A Living Journey on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And A Living Journey will soon have, a, in about a month or so, we'll soon have a website. And my Facebook page, Gary Ryan, A Living Journey. Mm. Mm. Gary, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. It's um, been awesome to go so deep into some of the reflections and almost the truths of of life <laughs> um, and, and, and to listen to your journey and understand breathwork in a bit more. Probably more about what it can deliver rather than the actual method itself, I think. That's best to come and experience. Yeah. I've got a session on Wednesday. Why don't you come along? Down in South Fremantle. Right. Yeah, do that. Gary, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Nice. (laughs) Lovely having you up here. Thank you.